This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden, lifestyle editor for The Pulse, and I'm joined today by Grace Johnson. She's our special issues editor, but she does so many things. She does the events calendar, she handles our press releases. You're kind of a jack of all trades here at The Pulse, and you are no stranger to The Pulse podcast. You've been on mm-hmm. a couple of times. Welcome back, and thanks for coming back on. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. How are you doing, Grace? I am doing pretty good. It is a very lovely fall day today, so I'm... Uh I'm pretty good, yeah. You strike me as somebody who fall and winter are their favorite times of year. Fall, definitely. Winter, uh, not so much. I mean, if the snow didn't fall on the road, I would be more okay with it. But since it also goes on the road, uh, I hate driving in the winter. Yeah, if we had heated roadways, yeah. that would work yeah. for you. Yeah, solar roadways would be great. Um, but yeah, fall is my jam. It's kind of like my favorite time of year, my favorite time for reading during the year. I'm like really getting into my fall vibes so well speaking of reading beyond all of the stuff that you do for the pulse you handle our literature section Mm -hmm. uh you're doing a ton of work right now on the hal prize which got a record number of submissions this year how many submissions do we get total there are 874 which is just insane what's a regular year look like so 2020 was a little different and i mean i think that's Pretty obvious. I feel like everybody throws 2020 out the window when they're looking at like growth and stuff because it just, it's yeah. such a strange year. <laughs> I mean, you know, we had seen up until that point, we had seen a lot of growth every year with the contest, which is why we eventually decided that it needed to be in its own separate publication because it just was no longer sustainable um, for that time of year in our pages. So in 2019, at that point was our highest amount of submissions, which was only 414 total. So the fact that we- Looking at double yeah, this year. Over double this year is just insane. And I mean, <laughs> every day, all of my emails were basically submissions and it was really exciting to see, so. For people who don't know, the Hal Prize is the Pulse's annual literary contest. It's a writing contest and a photography contest. We've talked about it a number of times on the podcast over the last couple of weeks. Uh, submissions are wrapped up on the 15th of September. So now it's just- sifting through 800 photos and mm-hmm. poems and nonfiction fiction pieces, yeah. getting those to the judges. And uh, we should have our uh, results at some point. I mean, yeah. it's going to take a little bit to get through them all, but it yeah. uh, mm-hmm. uh, should be pretty exciting when, uh, when we start releasing runners up and publishing our winners for the contest. Definitely. But we're not going to talk about the Hell Prize this week. We talked about it last week, I think, at length with Miles. Uh, instead, I wanted to talk about something pretty exciting that you've been working on for the last couple of months. You are an avid reader. Yes. Uh, if you if you couldn't tell by the the Hell Prize in the lit section, uh, Grace is kind of our bookworm at the office. And you would think more of us would be super into reading mm-hmm. since we're you know writers, but you are you're the reader. Right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I. Deb has also told me about her excessive library as well. And I mean, I'm you know, only 27, so I have more time to accrue more books. But I would guess you have more books than most 27-year-olds. Yes, I actually just updated because I keep a digital Excel file, essentially like an inventory of all the books that I own. So I just updated it the other day and I'm at 421 books. Oh, there you go. Okay, so, so. those are your credentials. <laughs> yeah. You 
were the perfect person to go out and answer the question, is Door County a great place for book lovers? Mm-hmm. And you did that by going to as many different bookstores in the county as you could possibly find. And I think we have a pretty exhaustive list now mm-hmm. of the bookstores up here, what the experience is like, what they offer, those types of things. Yeah. So how many bookstores total were there? Okay, yeah. So there are currently seven bookstores in Door County. That doesn't include, you know, stores that also sell books. Right. I so would like are, to make that distinction. Yes, there are some children's stores that focus on, you know, toys and games, but also children's books. You did not include those in yes. this roundup. Yes. So um, if, if you're one of the owners of a store that also has books, but you're not primarily a bookstore, that would be why you're not included in this. Yes. List. But I would also recommend obviously going to all those places. So so we have seven bookstores in the county. Let's mm-hmm. go through them. Uh, I have them in no particular order here. Uh, Peninsula Bookman, and there are yes. two locations for the Bookman. Walk mm-hmm. me through the experience over there. Well, I've been going to Peninsula Bookman since, I mean, ever since Brook World closed, because for a while they were pretty much one of like the only bookstores that are on the mainland anyway. The owner's name is Peter Sloma. He has new and used books, primarily used books, and it's, I mean, it's pretty impressive. I had written about this, but trying to maintain one store and the inventory for one store with his size and how much he puts into it seems like a lot of work. But when you have two locations that offer just an immense amount of stuff is pretty insane. Um, right. And this, the first location is in Fish Creek, yes. kind of right in the middle of town. Is there a name for that little cluster of shops? I know that there's a lot of places yeah. like the settlement shops and the top of the hill shops. I don't know if there's like a name for. I think there is. It's across from Nan and Jerry's. Yes. But to, to explain kind of the experience of going in there, I've been in there a number of times. I wouldn't describe it as like your uh, cozy cafe style bookshop Mm-mm. where you go and sit down and peruse books. It's more of like a uh, collection of tomes. Yeah, exactly. And I had used an example. I Like the first thing that I thought of when I went in there is, uh, one of my favorite middle grade series that I read growing up and I still love today, Inkart. The main character, her and her father live in a house that is just like stacked up with books everywhere. And that's kind of what I feel like whenever I go into his stores. I mean, there are books everywhere. You have them all over the shelves. He has like tables set up in the middle. He has like shorter shelves with more books stacked on top of those. Yeah, it's and like just, a floor to ceiling labyrinth. Yeah, exactly. So it's definitely one of those places where you're going to want to take your time going through because there's a lot to go through. Yeah, You're going to discover something. Yeah. Now, Peter can order you whatever you want, but mm-hmm. why would you go to Peninsula Bookman? Like what's the experience there? What are you, what are you looking for that they're going to have? Mm-hmm. And why would you go there for something specific? Mm-hmm. I think he does a really good job. His mystery sections in both stores are huge. So if you are definitely a mystery reader, mystery thriller, I would definitely recommend going to either of his stores. But he also has a lot of really good history books. I think one of my favorite things that he does that I haven't seen anywhere else is he has these bookcases that have sort of more special or signed books, things like that, that are going to cost a little bit more money. But um, for the book collector that is looking for rare editions, signed editions, first editions, he's going to be someone to see. I'm glad that you brought that up because that is like a new phase of my love for books and my wife's love for books. Mm -hmm. Uh, Victoria, my wife, is also a book nerd. Like that's her thing. She grew up reading uh, way above her reading level. Mm -hmm. Same. told me about reading, you know, 
Jane Austen and stuff when she was way too young for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've gotten to the point now where it's like, we have our own house. We are trying to figure out what we want to do with the minimal room that we have for books. And so I finally was able to convince her to move into like using a Kindle to read and then the books that you love getting a special edition or a mm-hmm. hardback version or like a collector's edition or a box set and stuff like that. Yeah. So we're getting more picky about it. And it's cool that not just like I'm picking up a book every week, pop it on my shelf. It's like I'm reading all the time with my Kindle, but then when I want something really special, yeah. so I'm going to go to the bookstore and boom, mm-hmm. find something yeah. cool like that. Uh, not to belabor the point on Peninsula Bookman, but tell me just a little bit more about their second location. Where is it and how is it different? Um, in Sister Bay, it is part of the country walk shop. So that's the Piggly Wiggly. And I would say that the stores are pretty similar. They both are about the same size. And I think he has about an equal amount, you know, of what he keeps at his Fish Creek store and in his Sister Bay store. It did look like in the Sister Bay section, a slightly bigger corner for history. There was like one that was just shelves of labeled by war. If you want 20 books on, I don't know, the Korean War, there are all these options there for you. So I think that was one little difference, but. All right. So Peninsula Bookman may be one of the older book bookstores that's been here the longest of your list. Mm-hmm. Let's pivot to what I think is the newest bookstore in Door County, which would be Novel Bay. Novel Bay and Other Worlds too. I'm just going to mention them because they both opened up around the same time in 2018 because uh, Book World, all of its branches had closed down and we had two locations in Door County at that point. Both owners um, at both locations wanted to keep that community thriving because at that point there was a lot of people that were like print is dying bookstores are dead you know none of this is happening and you know everything is going to be digital but i was going to (laughs) say dave elliott is out of the office right now because if the words print is dead are spoken in this office he immediately like he latches on like a bloodhound oh yeah and he'll find you yeah yeah so good thing he's out of the office (laughs) yeah and i definitely do not agree with that statement but novel bay yes they are one of the newer stores they're on third avenue They have a very cute storefront, a side note, things like that, you know, interest me, but they mostly focus on new releases. So a lot of the stock is going to be hardback. And that's just because in the publishing world, first release of a book is in hardback, which is also very annoying because hardbacks are always more expensive. Thanks publishers. But yeah, so they do mostly new releases and they have a really great children's section too. And every, every book store is different. Every book lover is different. Everybody's looking for a different thing out of a different bookstore. For me personally, I really wanted there to be that kind of cafe style. Go in, sit down, read a book, Mm -hmm. like take your time, peruse, uh, very highly curated, that kind of stuff. And that's the vibe that I get from Novel Bay. Oh yeah, definitely. And I, I go in there quite frequently. So I, you know, talking to the owners and a lot of their focus is on kind of like creating a community. And I feel like you really see that when you're in the store. There have been so many times I'm in there and I just end up talking to a stranger because um, it's a little small, it's a little more intimate. It feels really comfortable. And the owners are always like really interested in hearing their customer feedback. If I buy a book and they're like, oh, we haven't read that yet. When you read it, let us know if you like it and you know if we should restock it. Or they said one third of their inventory comes from uh, recommendations from their customers, which is really great. You know, that they're taking all that into consideration and that way it kind of, you know, reflects what the community wants in their store. Yeah. I I love that kind of like when you're done, come back and let me know how it was thing works really great at a bookstore. Last time somebody said it to me was at the drive-thru at Taco Bell, Uh, which was less good. (laughs) Uh, Guy was like, have you tried this before? And I was like, no. And he's like, okay, let me know how it was. I was like, I'm probably not going to come back and tell you. (laughs) 
how good yeah. how good my weird chicken sandwich taco was. Oh, and you tried one of those? Yeah, it was not good. It's no. strange. Okay, well, but I will. I'll eat whatever Taco Bell makes because I'm a garbage bag. Regardless, yes. uh, anything else on Novel Bay before we move across the street to other worlds? Yeah, let's just keep on going. All right, uh, pretty much kitty corner on the other side of Third mm-hmm. Ave is Other Worlds Books and More. Tell me about the books, and then tell me about the more. Yes. Um, so Other Worlds is in Park Place Mall, so you might not see it right when you're on the street on Third Ave. So make sure you go in there and there's other businesses in there as well. Other Worlds is huge. The first time I had gone in there, I didn't realize that one of the display windows I walked by was part of their store. I had to back up and I was like, wait a minute. And I realized that the entire store like spans across three different rooms. They are also a new and used bookstore, primarily uh, focused on used. Both owners have uh, a love of sci-fi and fantasy. So you're going to see a lot of uh, used fantasy and sci-fi books. They also have a massive uh, collection of comic books. Yeah. I saw the photo that you took of all of the framed comic mm-hmm. books in there as well. I went in there right when they first opened. They didn't have a huge selection, but I haven't been in there in a while, so it's good to know that it's grown. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, like they say on their website, they have at least 150 more stocked of like new stuff, plus I think it was 17,000 backlist. And I mean, you go, the comic book room is the very last one. Um, so they have, you know, like the framed comic books on the walls and they have um, shelves displayed with some newer stuff. And then there are just these shelves with what look like mailer boxes and they are just filled with comic floppies as we in the comic book industry call them. Yes. I don't really read comic books. I do read graphic novels, which there is a difference. What's the difference? There is a difference, (laughs) but I mean, it's crazy. If you're really into comic books, you could stand there forever and just look through all of them. And they also have um, some like action figures and stuff like that. Some old ones, like star Wars action figures from when the movies first came out. Like the original Kenner figures. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Um, Longtime listeners of the podcast will remember when I used to record with Matt Markon, huge comic book nerd. mm -hmm. He would geek out about them all the time. He would be happy to know that there's a comic book shop here now, but Mm -hmm. he left us to work at Disney. So betrayal. His name still burns my mouth when I say it. Well, at least we still have Steve. Steve is our resident um, comic book, you know, guru, knows it all. You almost said nerd, which nerd is not. It's, it's yeah. not a bad word anymore. Yeah, no, I am, you know, I, I would call myself a book nerd, a book loser. <laughs> well, the loser still is, <laughs> has negative connotations. Book nerd is, is fine. Let's keep moving on. Uh, tell me about Book Corner. Where's Book Corner located? Book Corner is down in Algoma, actually. I think this is one of the more interesting locations, only because all of the ones that I visited are kind of like your traditional for-profit bookstore, where they buy their books through catalogs and they curate their selection and everything. But the Book Corner is actually run by the Algoma Library Friends Group. Most bookstores um, up in Door County will do at least one book sale a year where they kind of get rid of overflow stock and things like that. And the Algoma Library, they had one big sale a year that had to bring all the stuff outside. And they're just like, it's a lot of work. There isn't as enough storage for all of these extra books and donations. So they just decided to buy a storefront. And now it's essentially their book sale, but all the time. Right. Um, all of the um, titles in that store are from the library overflow or from donations from the community. So there's really no opportunity for them to like curate as much as other places. So it's pretty surprising actually 
when I went in there, I was really impressed by the selection that they did have. And that's just based on donations. So that's pretty cool. This is the place that you go if you are like a, a book hunter and you're mm-hmm. looking for something unique or unusual, not mm-hmm. necessarily bestsellers mm-hmm. and new stuff, but mm-hmm. like never know what you're going to find. Kind of Yeah, thing. there were some, you know, pretty well-known titles in there, but it's also kind of fun because you never know what you're going to get. And also when you shop there, you're supporting the public library and that is always amazing. Right. We have two more on the list here. Let's go with Yardstick. Where mm-hmm. is that? Yardstick is also in Algoma. They're like, I didn't realize this when I went down there, but they are pretty much right around the corner from Double Corner and something, I don't know if, you know, there's something there about it, but both locations had these gorgeous yellow doors and it's like very inviting. And I don't know if that's an Algoma thing or just coincidence, but um, Yardstick is just around the corner. Heidi has a gorgeous store. It is really big, open, tall ceilings, big windows, let a lot of natural light in. So it feels very open and modern, but still cozy. She does a lot of literature and translation. I was trying to think of how I want to say that. Translated literature, essentially. So it's a good way to read outside of the country, I guess. Yeah, what does that mean, literature and translation? Essentially, (laughs) kind of what it sounds like. Uh, So books written in other countries and other languages translated to English. Um, So I think you tend to read in your language, in your country, just because that's what's most readily available. So being able to read perspectives from people in other countries and, you know, different languages and things like that, it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's it's kind of fascinating because there's a difference between translation and localization. So mm-hmm. a translation would be a direct, like taking something in one language and translating, and it's hard to describe it other than using the word that it is, mm-hmm. translating it into the next language. A localization is where you take that same process, but then you change things in order for it to be more familiar for the mm-hmm. the location that you're translating it to. Localization can be pretty subtle. If you think about the localization of Harry Potter, the very first one, uh, they changed the name from Philosopher's Stone to Sorcerer's Stone and then changed different words like pram to stroller, stroller, biscuit to cookie, right? Yeah. Those things are very minor or it can be, you know, much more intensive or if it's like a joke that does not translate into a different language or if it's a reference to a celebrity or a political figure, you might change it to a different celebrity, you're mm-hmm. localizing something. And it is really interesting to read text from other countries because they do not have the same literary traditions that we do. Mm-hmm. And so you're reading something, you're like, this is this does not follow the same flowchart as the other stuff that I'm used to. Uh, Haruki Murakami is one of my favorite foreign artists. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a Japanese novelist who's written a ton of stuff. Most people have actually heard of the stuff that he's done. Um, but reading his stuff is wild because it presents you with things that we would consider to be taboo, but in a way that's totally nonchalant. And it just breaks your brain open being like, okay, I have to remember this is a different culture. This is a different um, perspective. It's just being funneled through the English language. Mm-hmm. So very yeah. cool to know that there's a larger selection of that in Door mm-hmm. County somewhere. And last up on the list is Fair Isle Books. Yes. Where is that at? It's on Washington Island. You've done it. You've gone all the way from 
the southmost part to the northmost part of Door County. I did, and I actually did that drive in one day. You went from Algoma to the <laughs> yeah. island in one day? Yeah, it was very interesting trying to time it out because... Don't let anyone say you're not dedicated to your bookstores. Yeah, and I mean, it was totally worth it. I do really love Fair Isle. I've been there a few times. It's such a cute store. It's pretty dang small. During the busy season, it can get a little crowded, but... It's definitely worth a trip and they have uh, a mix of books and then also their other focus is fair trade goods which you know it's kind of where the name comes from fair isle so if you aren't a book person there's also a lot of other things there that you can check out so there we have it that's all the bookstores in door county mm-hmm. and algoma and algoma so yeah. what did you learn from this this tour of bookstores How, is door county a good place to be a book lover. Oh, definitely. Definitely, definitely. There is something for everybody. And I think that's what I love about books is no matter what your interests are, there is something for you to find and enjoy. And every single person up here offers, covers the spectrum of all kinds of interests. Is there anything missing from the mix? Anything that you would like to see that you didn't see? Mm, It's hard. Well, I guess first I should ask, what are you looking for in a bookstore? Like what... What boxes do you check when you go try a new place out? Well, I mean, it's all about the vibe when you go in and there's just something about walking to a store, you know, and I experienced this at Yardstick because this this visit was the first time I'd ever gone down there to the store. And I mean, I walked up to the front of her, the the storefront, and I was just like, whoa, this is so cool. And I like walk in and everything is just new and this very warm, welcoming feeling um, that I kind of get when I go in there and that's what I really look for or is the store fitting in with the community? Are they offering what the community wants? And I mean, this is independent booksellers specifically and, you know, not including chains like Barnes and Noble and things like that because they have a, you know, a greater corporate, you know, overlord that, you know, they must answer to. But with the independent bookstores, they're more of a reflection of the community and, Seeing all of the stores that we have up here, I think they all are really focused on that and making sure that they are offering what the community wants. You know, I mentioned that like my my go to bookstore is Novel Bay because of that like sit down, pick mm-hmm. up a book, kind of sit with it for a couple minutes vibe. And I, I have a very strange like first memory of bookstores in my head. It was Borders, mm-hmm. so it was a chain bookstore. I feel like I can say Borders with a little bit more reverence because they shut down Yeah. instead of like Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember going in there and my dad, he's an avid reader and he went off on his own to go find his own books and let me kind of stroll around and find my own thing. And I remember sitting down with a copy of Amazing Spider-Man number one and uh, a random trade paperback collection of uh, Dragon Ball Z. Nice. And I was like, this stuff is for me. Like yeah. I found stuff on my own that I like and I sat down in a little chair and I just read for 30 minutes or an hour. Mm-hmm. And then my dad came and got me with all of his books that he wanted and I didn't end up getting anything, but I like got to break away from my dad for a second and go find something that interests me and enjoy it on my own time. And I, that, that was a very special memory for me. So it's always something that I look for is, does this place have a wide enough selection that I'm going to find something weird or interesting or, yeah. or more niche? Uh, and can I spend some time with the book? Yeah, before I go. Definitely. And I had that experience a lot um, growing up. Always a shame. I uh, think of Steve's uh, Steve's old store, Pastime Books, uh, which was in Sister Bay, uh, the location where the uh, the creamery is currently. 
that was my bookstore growing up. And I mean, it was huge. The selection was fantastic. And I, uh, for Fall Fest every year, my mom would usually, you know, give me like 20 bucks and, you know, okay, you know, for food and you can find something to buy. And instead of buying food it or- all to books. Yeah, I would skip the food, skip the arts and crafts fair, and I would go into Steve's store and try to find a new book. Always really enjoyed that. And, you know, he had a similar vibe in that store where it was a lot of, you know, sit down and- take your time. And it was always really fun. I grew up in a small town where there were no bookstores at all. Um, But what I did have was the Scholastic Book Fair. Oh gosh, I love the Scholastic Book Fairs. Oh my God. was fantastic. I wonder, do they still do the book Um, fair at school? I think they do. I want to say they do. It'd be really interesting to go and see what they're like now because I mean, I would always buy the books that were offered, but a lot of my friends and classmates would just be all gung ho over like the cool erasers and like fun pencils and you know junk that you don't need. But oh, I definitely I didn't get like the toys and stuff, but I did get the like weird books. Like I remember getting a book full of video game cheat codes oh, from there what? one year. Yeah, that's weird. Well, okay, so I was gonna say I I wonder if they still do the book fair now because I feel like the pastiche is totally worn off on them because everybody is so connected. Like mm-hmm. the book fair was when you'd get a catalog and you'd be like, look at all this like whole new world of books mm-hmm. and toys and games and all of this exciting stuff that yeah. would come out. Whereas now everybody has a tablet, an internet connection or a smartphone. They can just look and see what's out there. Mm-hmm. Whereas we didn't really, I mean, I had the internet at the time, but it wasn't the same. Yeah. Right? It was kind of before even Google was super popular. Yeah. So you just, you, you didn't. Go, Use the internet as a resource. I think about that a lot. Like you had to know the website before you could see anything. Exactly, which is why I went to like cartoonnetwork.com was my my go to because I knew Mm -hmm. that was a thing and I typed it in. Like there was a wild west world uh, when I was young on the internet where I couldn't Google search anything and I just had to look up big names that I knew. Yeah, cartoonnetwork.com or mm-hmm. I don't know, drseuss.com, just whatever <laughs> yeah. I could find. But the bookstore was a way for me to see all of a sudden, like, whoa, look at all this cool stuff. And it was very special. I wonder if that's the same. If you're a kid and you're listening to this podcast for some reason, uh, send me an email, andrew at ppulse.com. Let me know if the Scholastic Book Fair is still around and if it's still cool. I would assume it's different. I would assume that oh, it's yeah. digital now. It would be really interesting um, if they still did it in person to see what kind of books that are available to kids, you know? Because, I mean, I feel like the, obviously, trends change, interests change, all that kind of stuff. So what was offered, you know, back in 2003, 2004, whatever, is going to be completely different than now. Yeah. I would also like to, while I have the mic, need to take this moment. (laughs) She's running around the studio holding the mic for me. (sighs) No. (laughs) Want to talk a little bit about one of the things that I mentioned in my different bookstore tours is ways that you can support our local independent booksellers. And I just wanted to talk generally about um, a website that I think everybody needs to know about if you buy books, bookshop.org. They actually first opened during 2020. It is an online book retailer that supports independent bookstores. You can go to the website and search for a book. And when you buy a book, part of your sales uh, go into a pool of money that is then divided amongst all of the independent booksellers that use the site and some that even don't. Every purchase is going to be supporting a local bookseller. You can also search for a specific store. So if you're not in the county and you wanted to support any of our um, 
independent booksellers. You can look them up on Bookshop and see if they have a store. I know Novel Bay does, Fair Isle does for sure, Yardstick does. But um, you can go on there specifically search for the shop and your uh, money will go directly to that bookstore. So if there's one you wanted to support um, in particular, or if you're just looking for like, I want to support a black owned uh, bookstore or a queer owned bookstore, anything like that, you can find it. And it's just like a really great way to support the uh, bookseller community online, especially after last year. Everyone knows Amazon and that's, I feel like, kind of where typically people buy their books. There's no problem with that. I know a lot of people that do that or use Kindle and they get all their books that way. We were talking about that before. Um, but if you're somebody who, you know, maybe doesn't buy a lot or is just looking for small ways to change your book buying habits, if you're like me and you have no self-control um, and spend all of your money and become poor <laughs> because you just buy books instead of um, instead of food, instead of food. Um, I always go there first instead of, you know, my Amazons or my Barnes and Noble just to see if I can find it first there. Yeah. That's, that's such a great recommendation because I, I really do like the convenience of being able to look up a book, order it, get it shipped to my house. Mm -hmm. If I can do that in a way that supports local bookstores, I think that that's great too. Yeah. And the best of both worlds. Not that I have any excuse not to go to a local bookstop since we have seven of them Mm -hmm. in Door County. Like I really... Mm-hmm. really have no excuse not to go visit them. Well, but. I mean, it's especially if you have a smaller inventories, which most of the places up here are a little bit smaller. You might not be able to find exactly what you're looking for in store. So that's an option um, to go online um, through that platform to find them. Also, uh, if you're looking for something in particular and you can't find it and you're at the physical store, I would always definitely ask whoever is working there if you can order a book through them. I am actually going through that process right now at Otherworlds. I am trying to find um, some graphic novel compendiums and they didn't have them there. And I wanted to, you know, buy them through an independent bookseller. And so I reached out to them and, you know, they're, one of them is a little older, so they're having trouble finding it, but you know, they're very willing to uh, go out of the way to look up stuff for you and try to find it for you. And, Definitely try that first or ask for their recommendations if you don't know what to get. Right. Grace, thank you for not only going out to every bookstore that you could find and making the trip from Algoma to Washington Island Mm -hmm. really shows your dedication. Uh, But thank you for coming on the podcast and chatting about books too. Uh, I think that this is a a cool way to kind of round everything up. All of your stuff has been in the paper. It's all online and we're going to work on putting together a little landing page so you can see all seven bookstores in one spot. Uh, If you want to learn more about them, see some photos of them, that kind of thing. Uh, Thanks for coming on Mm -hmm. and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Yeah, definitely. Um, Let's talk about books more because I would love to do that. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.